Welcome to another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, we go behind the scenes with the villain from the Real Housewives of Toronto and hear about her novel Most Hated, which is loosely based on the Real Housewives franchise. The pandemic behind us, our recovery from it, ongoing on so many levels. The Barry Rotary Club is working to build a COVID memorial at Sunnydale Park. We'll hear why. But first, they can't be everywhere, so Barry Police recently launched an online option for the public to report such things as speeding, ignoring a stop sign, aggressive driving, and more. Won't result in charges against the driver, but will result in a warning letter being sent to the driver. Barry 360's Ian McLennan gets the details from Barry Traffic Constable Paul Matt. Now, there is a, uh, a new traffic initiative uh, launched by Barry Police. What is it, and why was it launched? Yeah, so... Uh yeah, so the Barry Police have a traffic complaint letter program uh, that we've introduced to uh, help with some of the complaints that we do receive from the uh, from the public, public from the citizens. It's designed where uh, if a member of the public does have a complaint about a, a vehicle, uh, either uh, say a noisy uh, muffler or uh, a driving complaint, uh, maybe someone uh, you know has rolled through a stop sign hasn't uh, properly stopped for a red light um, or is you know, perceived to be driving in a uh, somewhat dangerous manner uh, on a residential street, the public can uh, lodge a complaint uh, through our um, online system. And if they have a uh, license plate that they can provide to us, a member of the traffic unit, the traffic uh, safety uh, unit, can send a traffic complaint letter just giving them, you know, a bit of a, a reminder about road safety. And that you're um, being watched. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, road safety, you're being watched. Um, we're all in this together, right? If uh, well, we're not everywhere, the police can't be everywhere. We need uh, the public's help. And if the public is able to help us, we could help them as well. Now, the person that would get that letter, there's no traffic ticket, fine, or demerit points, but it's a, it, it's a heads up that uh, your alleged infraction was noted. Right. So, yeah, yeah so it, it's not a ticket. Um, there's no fine associated to it. Um, it's not going to, you know, it's not shared with, uh, I know there was some concern with insurance. Uh, this is a letter from us to the owner saying that, hey, your vehicle, your vehicle, it's alleged your vehicle was involved in this infraction. And if you were the operator of the vehicle, hey, be mindful that, you know, here's what could occur. Here, here Here's the penalty, uh, fines or demerit points that could be associated to it. And if you're not, if you weren't the one that was operating the vehicle, well, maybe remind those that are operating your vehicle that people are watching and we all want everyone to be safe on our roads. So hopefully maybe that will tweak some driving habits possibly? Uh, that's the hope, yes. Yeah. Has it been used anywhere else, do you know? It has uh, quite extensively uh, throughout the province. Uh, different um, services, the Ontario Provincial Police uh, use a similar program. Uh, so does Kingston Police and Ottawa Police. Now, traffic safety is, I guess, top of mind, uh, you know, when the public is asked about concerns here in the city of Barrie, that traffic safety uh, ranks right up there in terms of what um, the, the public is worried or concerned about, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of what, is it residential streets or is there is it just across the, you know, across the board? Uh, we find it across the board. Yeah. You know, it, it differs. Residential streets is going to be more, um, you know, speeding or the stop signs um, and uh, say Mapleview or Bayfield, it's going to be more uh, geared towards uh, the red lights and noise. Right. And this component, though, if you get the, the license plate or even if you don't, you have to go online to register. Is that correct? 
we'd we'd prefer that uh, uh, the public folks go by means of our online reporting uh, system. It's it's very simple to use. It asks a lot of questions. It'll gather all the information that we require to follow up with an investigation. Um, it'll be less time consuming for the person calling in the complaint. Uh, they can do it from the comfort of their own home. It takes a few minutes online. They can call in if 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 they want, but we'd rather them use this online portal. Right, but but to be clear too, when it comes to where the the driving is, you know, very extreme or dangerous, or suspect impaired driver, always always contact immediate. Is that with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so this uh, this program is designed for uh, something occurred, uh, say yesterday. Um, it's it's something that's uh, has bothered you. You want to call in and make the complaint. Go online. Uh, if it's something happening. At the moment, impaired driving, uh, dangerous driving. There's someone that's went through a few red lights or hit a vehicle. Call 911, and it'll be dealt with that way. The person gets a, a letter from the police, but what if they begin to accumulate? You know, there's more than one or two or three, and it becomes a bad habit. Right. Yeah, so if, uh, if a registered owner um, receives two or more complaints within a given year, uh, an officer uh, will reach out and will contact uh, the registered owner to see if uh, there's an alternative to remedy that traffic situation, whether it's a little more education uh, or, um, you know, charges could could be pending as far as a further investigation of what's happening. If you see any of the infractions Constable Matt has described, you can file your complaint at barrypolice.ca slash traffic. She was the villain on The Real Housewives of Toronto. Now she's an author, having penned a novel entitled Most Hated. It's fiction, but is steeped in reality and delves into the female psyche. Barry 360's MJ tracked down Kara Alloway to find out more and for a glimpse into the world of reality television. Did you go into the show planning to be a villain or how, how does that work out? Or do you just kind of like find your place, <laughs> I guess, as you start filming and interacting with your co-stars? You know, that's a great question. I didn't go in <laughs> anticipating to be the villain. Quite the opposite, actually. I went in thinking this is going to be a great experience and I'm going to share my life and I'm going to share my family and I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. But the problem is these kinds of shows, um, you really need the drama. I mean, it's not a yearbook. People aren't you know, looking at this to watch a home movie or something like that. We, we watch for the drama, and there's a reason why we watch for the drama. It's you know, a bit of an escape for us. It takes us away from our own problems. I think it, a lot of times it, it scratches that itch of um, judgment. I heard someone say once that a judgment is a confession. So how that translated to me is when you watch these shows and you see something like maybe Teresa's over-the-top wedding and you sit back and you judge and you go, that's ridiculous. Who has a wedding like that? Maybe inside you're thinking, boy, I would have liked a wedding like that. You know, so it's really interesting the way that dynamic works. But absolutely, I did not go in thinking I'd be the villain. I did go in, however... I had worked with the production company um, prior, pitching with them a reality television show I wanted to do about the charity scene. So they convinced me that by doing Toronto Housewives, I could perhaps get my spinoff for the show I wanted to produce. And even though I was thinking, but I don't want to be on the show, I want to produce the show. They said, no, you can be like Lisa Vanderpump, Vanderpump Rules, that whole spinoff. So I went in with the mindset thinking, I have to make this the best show such that it merits a spinoff. So I really had a producer mindset. So when there was no action or no drama going on, I would say to myself, oh my goodness, people are going to change the channel here. Let's bring it. So I think that worked to 
present me as the villain. I was looking at some old clips um, and, and something came to me. Anytime I would watch these shows in the past and stuff like that, um, I'm, I'm a sucker for like the one liner insults and the show seemed to be full of them um there was this uh one scene i uh, was you and one of your co-stars and you were in a dog park and later on in the camera session she says there was something along the lines of like one too many bitches in that dog park and i I laughed because i think that those are great do you guys come up with those are those scripted for you or are you guys just like you know on the ball so nobody has asked me that question yet and i am so excited that you asked me that question (laughs) let me tell you I can't say for sure because I wasn't present for that individual's interview, but I strongly suspect that line was fed to her. So, no, again, this is not across all the board of all production companies. Every franchise has its own production company that creates it. So if you're looking at a show like the Beverly Hills one or the Salt Lake City one, that's Alex Baskin, that's Shed Media, um, Truly Original, they have a different way of producing. My producers, I think, were in a bit of a tight spot with the way the show was cast. So there was a lot of spoon-feeding. And actually, I can say for a, sh- for a fact, I know that my other cast members were fed lines in the interviews. Um, you have to read my book. And when you get to the iPad scene, I'll say this. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. So I can say for a fact that I know the co-stars were fed lines in their interviews. And with that, a, a perfect um, segue into you have a book and it's kind of art imitating life a little bit. Uh, tell, tell me about it. It's called Most Hated. It is fiction. There are no characters in the book that are similar to any of the housewives in any franchise, past or present. I cast it as who I'd like to see in a housewives-esque franchise. It, within the narrative of the book, the show is called Talk of the Town, but people might see a lot of similarities between that and the Housewives franchise. And it's really a story set on a backdrop of a reality television, but it's really about female relationships and women interacting with other women. When I wrapped Toronto Housewives, I was in a really bad place just because um, the backlash from social media of who people thought I was and what was presented as my character was so far from who I was or what had actually transpired. I, it was a really hard nut to crack. So um, someone put into my hand this great book by Dr. Phyllis Chesler. It is not a fiction novel. It's a research novel, and it's called Woman's Inhumanity to Women. And Dr. Chesler is this lovely 80-year-old psychologist who lives in the high blocks of Manhattan and up in the upper 80s. And she wrote this book to delve into what she calls internalized female misogyny, which is a very interesting concept. Normally when we think of misogyny, we think of men not treating women in a humane way. But this is women showing misogynistic behavior to other women, which I experienced not only within the confines of the show, but also from social media. A lot of the really nasty comments were coming from women. And... um, So I use this book to inform a lot of the characterization within my novel because, you know, I think this is something within the sisterhood that we sort of have to delve into. And Dr. Phyllis Chesler says it starts with the eight-year-old girls in the playground, and those eight-year-old girls grow up to be women. And the independent thinkers, the truth-tellers in the playground are shunned and how or, or slandered or gossiped about because if they don't fall into step with how the hierarchy behaves, there are consequences. And Dr. Chesler says we have to learn as women how to celebrate our differences. And, you know, I think that's it with a capital exclamation mark. 
a lot of people have said to me, well, if we do that, will there be any room for these housewife-type shows? Absolutely. I think we can still have all the fun. I think we can still have all the organic conflict. I think we can still show all of that. But there's a level here that, you know, this, this internalized female misogyny that doesn't need to exist. And I don't think viewers enjoy that. A couple of years ago on um, the Atlanta franchise, it went there. On the Beverly Hills franchise, it has gone there a couple times. Viewers don't enjoy that. They like it to be a little bit, they don't like to get down in the weeds and have it really dark. It's not fun to watch. We want to watch, you know, that, that upper level of women in their 40s and 50s sort of acting crazy, having conflicts with one another, resolving those conflicts, and showing us that, you know, after university when you have kids and you settle down and, you know, maybe you get married or whatever, you have a professional job, you can still act crazy in your older years. You can still be goofy. You can still have all this going on. But I don't think it needs to be dark like that. Your book, Most Hated, it's it, it, it's a fun novel, right? It's like, I think you're quite... I like to say it's a beach read, it's a summer read, but there are layers. It's not dark or anything like that, but there are layers. And people have read it and said, wow, this resonated with me. I can, some of the reviews, it's so interesting. Girls say, you know, I had a best friend and we broke up and it hurt and it was such a sting. And I read your book and it really resonated with me. Or, or I was mistreated by this woman... And, you know, I, I really, it, it really hurt me. And I, I read your book and I got it and I could relate to it. So I love that sort of feedback. Margaret Atwood was interviewed one time and the interview was getting really deep with her. And she said, can I just stop you here for a second? You tell me what you thought of my book because writers write to evoke. And that just, I loved her saying that because I said, absolutely, there is nothing better than getting feedback after someone has read the novel and saying, oh, I love this part. Oh, I didn't like this part. Oh, this character was great. Oh, I hate this character. That is the best. Sarah Alloway's novel, Most Hated, available now at Indigo and other bookstores. What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry and Simcoe County have to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began last summer, delved into the frustrations of those trying to get women's hockey on the map locally, discovered a Facebook group dedicated to helping millennials find a mate, and heard why vendors at the weekly Barry Farmer's Market at City Hall are reluctant to move to the downtown bus terminal. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to what Barry's talking about through any podcast distributor. Still to come on what Barry's talking about, details of a COVID memorial in Sunnydale Park. Now this. Our community rocks. It's a well-known fact blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services in Barrie is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling 1-888-2-DONATE. Our community rocks. On Barry's Rock Station, Rock 95. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. The pandemic gone but not forgotten, indelibly etched in our minds. The Barry Rotary Club is working with the city on a COVID memorial at Sunnydale Park, a place for reflection and more. The Rotary's Chuck Bolt and Debbie DeCare paint a picture for our Ian McLennan. Well, Chuck, we have, uh, you know, three years was the beginning of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, dark days for the world, but especially here in Barrie. 
Um, what is the Rotary Club of Barry doing at Sunnydale Park to acknowledge, um, you know, what the community went through, what the city went through? So we're building and repurposing an existing space and building a uh, reflective and memorial garden uh, in the old playground site at Sunnydale Park. And it's called the COVID-19 Heroes and Memorial Garden. Um, why that name? It's a name that we felt ref- reflected the efforts and the losses that uh, we as a community experienced due to COVID. And it's something that we collaborated on with the city to come up with that name. So does it acknowledge uh, those that passed away, but also frontline people, whether it was nurses or doctors or social workers, what have you? That's correct. Where did the idea come from? When, when you know, you bang heads and... Well, it's interesting that um, at the time when we conceived the project, uh, Debbie was the president of the club and I was the environment service, environmental service uh, chair. And Debbie's wish um, as the president was for all of the committee chairs to do something COVID-related. And so as the committee, we came up with this idea initially It was going to be built at uh, South Shore uh, in a sort of um, waterfront area, but we couldn't couldn't complete it at that time. So we chose another site, and the city suggested Sunnydale Park. And Debbie, in terms of the the costing for this um, park, do you you have some numbers that you could provide? Um, You know, what what is the cost of Rotary, and um, have you received any in-kind donations or grants for that? Yes, we've, uh, we've been very fortunate to receive a grant from the Community Foundations of Canada and Infrastructure Canada. Uh, so they helped provide $54,000. Okay. Um, and then the Rotary Club of Barrie, we have $25,000. And then to kind of finish it off, we have some private donations that uh, we're, we've been collecting. Now, Sunnydale Park itself is in a lot of passive space, um, a lot of p- locations where people can just reflect and, you know, think their thoughts and what have you. Is this what this uh, this memorial will be like as well in terms of the design? Absolutely, and, and a little bit more. Um, it's quite a large space, so it allows for some pathways. It allows for these little spots that create cubbies, um, a bit off to the side, a little more private than just kind of sitting on a bench in the open. Um, it's been designed where Jim Hostick of um, the Landmark Environmental Group, um, he's done an amazing job creating and designing so that the trees, when they blow, will have a certain sound. That So it helps create a, an environment more than just a, you know, feel and a look. You're going to have some sound. You're going to have some certain smells. And he's he's done it like a step up from just here's a garden. Here's, here's truly a place of beauty. Um, we're going to have uh, like stone um, waterfall, you know, spots. So you have some more sound that comes to it. We have a little spot where there's some flatter rocks 
And, you know, so small groups could have a little meeting area and a little teaching spot um, to, to enjoy and make more use of it. And some lots of benches so that you can sit in and amongst the garden. And Chuck, when does the um, work begin on this project and, and, and the timelines, you know, an estimate anyway? Most of the work will be done uh, by the end of this fall. Uh, although we probably will have some finishing touches to put on next spring, depending on the plantings and the, the optimal time to put the various native species, grasses and trees, shrubs and things, uh, plant at the right, at the appropriate time. And does this project, um, it, 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 it's going to be very personal to, I guess, people in very, in, in very, in very different ways, I guess, depending on how they were affected, if at all, by, by covid I think most of us have been some way. Yes, it's uh, it. it um, we've received quite a bit of uh, feedback from uh, various parties and individuals relative to what this means to them and what they would like to see. In fact, in the garden, which was part of the application process with the federal government, was to uh, take that into account while we were designing our project. Um, so we did that. And so that's quite interesting. And those three reflective areas uh, that Debbie was referring to um, will mean something in, in, for uh, the population and the individuals and families that that um, uh, sacrificed and those that uh, had difficulty during uh, during the COVID pandemic. We live through a point in history that's going to make history books that in 30, 40, 50 years, kids are going to learn about it in their schooling. Um, And this is going to be a point where we don't forget about the challenge that this put people through. Um, The first responders that absolutely did an incredible job above and beyond, and and we're just even now finding out really what their sacrifice and, and what they did. Up till now, we were kind of hunkered down and Unless you were in that specific area, you, you didn't know, you didn't really appreciate what it is that they did for us. And people that had losses, you know, to do a funeral on Zoom is so, so unfriendly. Um, and here they can, they can go, they could meet with a small group and have a spot where it's really honoring, you know, people that have, have suffered and challenged and kind of turn it around a bit. COVID and that period of time had some positive things. Um, A lot of families had a chance to connect. They went out and walked in nature as a family. Um, Priorities got changed. Our phones and electronics got put down a little bit more. Um, People had a chance to to really think about where they want to go. So this this brings in all of that. It brings in kind of the challenges, the hardships, but then also the the positive and the the beauty that you can find in that. Chuck Bolt and Debbie DeCare are the president and past president of the Barry Rotary Club. 
And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian, MJ, and Will for their input, to Matt Ladder for his technical expertise, and to you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360, on our website, barry360.com, and on our daily Kickstart podcast, available from any streaming service and on our website. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.